The following podcast contains strong language, adult themes, and sexual content. Viewers be advised, the show is rad. Loosely Canon Podcast does not own any of these stories or properties. All characters and stories shared on this show are fictional, and any likeness to real people or situations are coincidental. Welcome back to Loosely Canon, a podcast with real stories about fake events. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me as always is my co-host... Q. That's me. I'm Q. That's him. He's right there. And we're back again with another reading, but this week, we got a good one. Q, did you watch the Oscars last week? Uh, no, I did not. Neither did I. I don't know anyone who does. I know who won Best Actor? You're darn right you do. Who won Best Actor this year? I'm pretty sure it was Brendan Fraser. Heck yeah, he did. Brendan Fraser won Best Actor in the 2023 Oscars for his performance in The Whale. I also didn't see that movie. I didn't either. Uh, from what I heard, it's very sad. <laughs> so also, unfortunately, I'm probably not going to watch in the future. Yeah, I don't like sad movies. Uh, yeah, if it's a sad movie, if a dog dies in it, or yeah. if anything awful happens, I'm just like, I'm out immediately. Yeah. yeah, me too. But no, he won Best Actor, and this is amazing because Brendan Fraser had been on a significant hiatus. I think it's been almost 15 years since he's been in a movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Brendan Fraser, so. So I thought it would be really fun this week for the podcast if we kind of had Brendan Fraser Appreciation Week. Okay. Um, kind of appreciating um, the actor in at least one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, I think I've talked about this with you, but how well do you remember The Mummy, Q? I watched it yesterday. You know what? We're breaking the fourth wall right away. Yes, that's right. To prepare for this, we also rewatched <laughs> The Mummy. Um, originally aired in 1998, I believe. Yes. Really? It was 98 or 99, but it was pre-2000. I did not know that. Yes. Aged but- really well. Honestly, yeah, all things considered. I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of jokes in there that might not fly today, but also they were like very aware of what, of what they were doing. They were making fun of themselves while they were doing it. Yes, uh, I think it, in the idea of it, it was kind of like, oh, you know, it's like a period piece, but also still yeah. an action movie. Uh-huh. The comparison is obviously Indiana Jones. Yeah, I always thought of it as like a national treasure. Except, like, spookier because of the, the mummy. Which is odd because National Treasure does come out, like, five years later. Yeah. Um, but we watched The Mummy, enjoyed it, CGI, story, everything about it. And imagine my surprise when I came across a fanfic about The Mummy that we're actually going to talk about today. Uh, this is coming to us from the author Gay Refrain, and the story is Echoes of Stars. Okay. And this is actually a fanfic about the very first mummy, so not the mummy returns, the, be- not, the best one, not the uh, dragon emperor mm-hmm. or scorpion king. We're not even getting into that one yet. 
I'm really excited about this story, and listeners might be alarmed today because today we're not actually reading smut. Yeah, there's uh, there's no uh, sexy times. This is literally just a romantic story about two characters in a movie, and I'm all there for it. Yeah. I think, to pun intended, I topped out <laughs> when Tucker Carlson got topped by the Eminem. <laughs> we needed a break. Yeah, once we hit BDS Eminem... Uh, we needed we needed to take a pause. Yeah, for sure. For this week, we have it's really rated teen and up. So, for as far as this podcast is concerned, this is for all listeners. Yeah, family. That being humor. said, we are still definitely gonna curse <laughs> and probably make sex jokes. Yeah. So be aware. Sex jokes is like seventy five percent of my humor. Yes. So uh, we'll count down to how long it takes us to get into that, but. Let's start with the summary. She looked there, next, and there they were, right on her skin. And who's that broad? Oh, I remember that line from the movie. Yes. Um, The summary says, when you turn 13, the first words your soulmate tells you appear on your skin. Some words are better than others. And um, spoiler alert, looks like this person's first words that's going to appear on their skin is, and who's the broad? And who's the broad? You know, I'm glad to say that having watched the movie very recently, we have I know very exactly privileged information. Yeah, it's still still a great movie. Before we get into it, once again, huge shout out to our author, Gay Refrain. Uh, there's going to be a link to the story. This is Echoes of Stars on Archive of Our Own, and we'll link that in our show notes below. Also, a huge shout out to Brendan Fraser. If you guys make this uh, show blow up and make it spread across across the entire planet maybe in a future episode we can get brennan fraser on yes we're 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 skipping a couple of steps there but you heard it here first folks episode three we're already calling it we're gonna get brennan fraser on at some point yeah at some point brennan fraser is gonna show up and he's gonna he's gonna read it to us we're not even gonna record either we're just gonna sit here and enjoy it yeah (laughs) all right q are you ready i'm ready all right london england 1903 A.D. I always like when they add A.D. I thought it was in the 1920s. Ah. Oh. This is a little bit before. Okay. Evelyn Carnahan grew up hearing stories about soulmate sayings. Her mother always told her they're the most powerful thing in the world. They shape everything about everyone. Honestly, kind of scary. So on the eve of her 13th birthday, she found herself too anxious to sleep. So she went to bugger brother Jonathan. Go away, Evie, he ordered her, sinking deeper into his covers. Please, John, she nearly begged. I'm so anxious, and Mum and Dad are still on their excavation. He leaned up and rubbed a hand over his face and finally looked at her. Without a word, he scooted over and made room for her in his bed. Beaming, she burrowed in next to him. What happened when you got yours? Evie asked him. Her brother humped with the effort of talking, but he told the story. It was the middle of the day during class, and I just felt the saying was there. I ran to the bathroom and saw my words on my left arm. And what did they say? She prompted him. Jesus, you already know. Please, she wheedled. He sighed, but answered. Now leave all of you quickly. Now leave all of you quick. That's not from the first movie, is it? Is it? Okay, now we're stumped. 
I haven't seen, so it's been a very long time since I've seen the other movies, the other Mummy movies. Made, did he get, he gets, probably gets a wife or a girlfriend at some point, right? I always remembered him as the bumbling British guy. Yeah. Also, is our timeline correct? Because I know the mummy takes place in like the 1920s. She doesn't look in her early 30s, is she? She could be. Uh, and they are supposed to be British. Yeah. So All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, gonna do we're gonna do a shameless accent, okay? For it, UK listeners, is it <laughs> be prepared? And we do have UK listeners. It's about 20 percent of our listener base. No soulmate sayings had punctuation, which irked her a little, but it was the way it was. She, in all her research, had yet to find a reason. One day, she would find the answer. Kind of foreboding, isn't it? She poked where it was on his arm. Only a little, he said with a smirk in his voice. I wonder what I'll have to leave. Maybe it's in a tomb, like in one of the pyramids, she mused. They do travel a lot, even to Egypt. Or a bar. That was much more likely. You better not tell Mum I drink, he whipped around abruptly, staring her in the face. You better not. He pinched her ear. Is either an information extracting tactic or a punishment? Yikes. Is he drinking at the age of like 15? <laughs> yeah, he's not that much older than she is. <laughs> you better not tell mom I hit the bottle. <laughs> I don't have a problem. You have a problem. It's like it's liquid candy. <laughs> I don't, she said and slapped his hand away. Besides, anyone could tell if they smelled you. Holy shit, oh, he's, he's an alcoholic. <laughs> My man's drinking four loco. Evie, it's the only thing that makes me feel anything anymore. <laughs> oh, that's it, you old mum. With that, he launched a tickle attack on her that lasted until she nearly kicked him in the crotch. <laughs> okay, on that note, we're going to bed. Good night, Jonathan, she said, out of breath from the tickling onslaught. Good night, Evie. Evie fell asleep beside her brother and was finally able to actually sleep. But then she woke with a gasp a few hours later, even though she didn't know how. She knew her words were going to be on the, her body somewhere. wonder where, like, so they just appear anywhere. Yeah. Where, um, would, where would you not want your words to appear? Anywhere visible, probably. Yeah? You think that'd be embarrassing? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know, imagine the words appearing on your ass. <laughs> and then you have to, like, get in the mirror and, like, oh, what's that letter backwards? <laughs> I can't read it. Someone come look at my ass. I mean, if it's if it's on your ass, at least you know that if you go to a strip club and become a stripper, people are going to be reading it out loud. So any one of those people could be your soulmate, really. I don't think they last forever, though. I think it disappears. Oh. Well, fuck me, too, I guess. <laughs> we'll just cut this whole thing out. Quickly, she looked over her arms to see the words, twisting and turning them every way she could without breaking her bones. <laughs> but there were no words there. Not that she could see. She frowned as Jonathan snored obnoxiously in the darkness. Desperate, she walked to the bathroom and turned on the light. Still, no words, no matter how her arms turned. Everyone else in her family got their words on their arms. Well, except for her mom, Annie Naeem Carhan had her words on her ribcage, and only once had Evie ever seen them. So I guess the words stay. Okay, so they, yeah, they stay. Oh my god. This girl's going to have the words, and who's the broad on her body <laughs> Somewhere. forever. <laughs> she looked there next, and there they were, right on her skin. And who's the broad? And who's the broad? Evie's jaw dropped as she studied the words. Broad? What kind of nonsense was this? 
She couldn't believe her soulmate was going to be someone so uncouth and so vulgar. Is broad a vulgar term? Uh, yeah, do you, you don't call women broads. I do all the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And somehow I'm the single one. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Desperately, she ran her thumb over her tongue and went to wipe off the words that littered her right rib cage. Surely Jonathan wrote the words in ink and was just messing with her. By any grace of the gods, the words didn't come off. She straightened her shoulders and raised her head. She was not going to be anyone's broad. Damn straight. You go, girl. This is actually kind of funny. It seems to me like this story itself, I, like I can kind of see it because in the movie when he says, and who's the broad, she kind of like, she's like into it. Yeah, right. It's kind of interesting because, like, I think they maybe accounted for that. Like, maybe they she knew yeah. innately. Mm-hmm. I dig it. I like this idea. Medjai Village, 1909 A.D. So this is six years in the future. Okay. Ardeth Bay was the only person in his village with his soulmate saying in English, which caused a lot of gossip. He's going to abandon us. He won't be a faithful leader. He'll be biased and ruin the Medjai and much more awful things he had to hear at the age of 13 and onward. News and gossip spread fast, even the most dedicated of villages and societies. Even at the young age, as the son of the current commander, he knew he would prove them wrong. So this is the uh, the Magi guy? Yes! Okay, so I... The I, guy I kept calling Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> See, I figured that they were going to be... It was going to be from her point of view the whole time, but I guess not. Wait a second. What was the words that uh, Evie's brother heard? Um, Leave out of here quickly or something? Maybe. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Did he say that in the movie? Whenever he appeared on screen, I kept quoting Post Malone songs. <laughs> he was like, come... We're going in circles. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the desert, just a sunflower. Yeah, sunflower. I got my beer bongs and camels. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, at night, he would light a lantern and look at his kalmathur in the glow of the light, the dark words vibrant against his tan skin. You're not going to kill us. Ardeth barely knew English at that point, only knowing Arabic and some ancient Egyptian. But he knew the word kill, and it made him nervous. Not that he'd say if anyone asked. Had he threatened his soulmate? Had someone else? It made him unable to sleep, so he stayed up late to stare at it in confusion. But one night, his mother caught him. His mother, one of the teachers to the children in their tribe, saw him running his fingers over the mark in the glow of the lantern, and she decided to do something about it. Your soulmate is probably English, his mother said pulling out a book in her bedside trunk. The tent was small, and they were slightly nomadic, but they always had their books. You must learn the language if you are ever to marry one. She held out a book to him, one about speaking English. Literally just pulled out Rosetta Stone and was like, here, (laughs) get to studying. He shook his head. I am to be the commander of our tribe. I cannot take a bride. Your father took me as a bride, she said with a warm smile. Is he not a good commander? He said nothing, not falling for the trap he'd box himself into. Your father has taught you too well, she told him with a smirk. Out of respect for his mother, he told her the truth. I can't take a white bride, Ardeth pointed out the obvious after a moment of silence. 
I am a descendant of the Pharaoh's bodyguard, Bey Ursu. I cannot disrespect my bloodline. Yeah, uh, he's he's a Bey. Yeah, he's Bey. He's Bey. I'm not going to say spoilers for a movie that came out 24 years ago. So there's a scene where like the Medjai guy, um, Ardeth, is like, go on, go on without me. And he like goes to fight the mummies. Yeah. And I'm like, he's the coolest guy in this film. Don't let him die like this. Yeah, you can take him. And then just randomly, yeah, he's outside later on like, <laughs> hey, guys, that shit was crazy, right? She grabbed his arm and twisted it to his mark, stared them both in the face. This is love. This is destiny, she urged him. It is not disrespect. He looked at his Kal Mather and tried to see it in such a light. He couldn't, but not wanting to upset his mother, he agreed to learn English and would practice with her throughout the night. But it wasn't until he was 15 and learning to fight on horseback when one of the fellow Medjai in training sliced at his right arm in the middle of combat. Nearly frantic, Ardeth fell off his horse and went to pull up his robe sleeves in the sand. Right below his Kalmathur was a deep cut, but nothing affected the words. They weren't damaged at all. He released a breath he didn't know he was holding. Can't handle me, mighty warrior, Tarek Seif said, wiping the blood off his dagger on a stray cloth. You wish, Ardeth said, pulling himself up and out of the sand. He tugged down his sleeve, the gash no longer a reason to panic. Best two out of three. But after the lesson, as he bandaged himself up in his tent, he looked up at the saying once more and found he didn't mind the English so much. Does everybody have a soulmate? Not sure. What if you die before meeting your soulmate? Do you still get the words? No, because I think it's literally it's literally the first words you hear from them. Okay. So, so. I guess hypothetically if nothing appears on you, <laughs> you either like, you either again. never meet them or you die. Or they die. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. I'm kind of hoping this dude that's training him, you remember that one Medjai dude who gets stabbed in the eye yeah. on the boat? <laughs> yeah, that he gets lit on fire. Guys, let me paint you a picture real quick. There's this guy, he tries to kidnap Evie. He gets stabbed in the eye with a candlestick, I think. Uh-huh. And then he is set alight, and he is on fire for a good 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, he's like, he's on fire. And then they do a whole scene where they're trying to escape the boat. And then he shows up later and he's still <laughs> yeah, on fire. He's still on fire. I think he gets shot too. And they're like, take that bad guy. And I'm like, I don't know if you deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> Cairo prison, Egypt, 1926 AD. So now we're back up to the present. Rick O'Connell loved where his soulmate saying was. The whole soulmate thing is nonsense. But his saying was in a great spot. Right on his back between his shoulder blades. It was practically invisible. He rarely had to see it. Granted, when he was a kid, this pissed him off, always having to contort awkwardly to see it in the mirror. In fact, his mother was the first one who told him what it said. This is the man you stole it from. That's kind of ominous to have those words just on your back. Yeah, no, it's like... like, What's going to be stolen from me at what point? Is it important? Can you imagine how your mother must have felt? Like saying like, oh, so you grew up to be a thief, huh? (laughs) These soulmate things must lead to so many awkward scenarios with people. Yeah, no kidding. Now a man, he liked the placement. It was never in his face if he bedded a woman, and the woman who bedded him wouldn't find it in throes of passion. (laughs) It worked well. It's good for the bumping and the grinding. How many people would be bedding others if they knew for a fact it wasn't their soulmate? I think a lot of people probably don't care. Yeah. I think there's a decent amount of people that would just be like, eh, whatever. But also... (laughs) I guess I'm just cut from a different cloth. Can you imagine how much, I'm just going to come out and say it, a boner killer it is <laughs> to just look up, like, in 
I guess in Evie's example, it's on her rib cage. Yeah. So you just see those words and you're like, huh, well, shucks. <laughs> I thought we were really hitting it off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> those are not the words I said to you. Well, delete my Tinder account, please. <laughs> I said, could you believe the weather we're having? <laughs> Nearing his mid-thirties, he still hadn't met his soulmate, but he had become somewhat of a filthy criminal. <laughs> In order At to least ke- something's going well for you. Right? In order to keep himself from meeting his soulmate, regardless of how futile it might be, he worked on making himself strong and unassailable. Someone another person wouldn't dare steal from, unless they wanted a bullet to the ass. Ooh. I like how his reaction is like, I don't want to meet my soulmate, so I am literally going to be the most unstealable person ever. Why would you not want to meet your soulmate? I don't know. He's he's got that bravado, right? Like he's got like two revolvers and he shoots people, <laughs> and apparently he wants to shoot them in the ass. Yeah, that's his favorite place to shoot. But yet, after actually managing to be robbed and then thrown in jail for throwing a punch, he felt he had lost said toughness. The Cairo prison hadn't been kind to him. Lots of beatings and the inability to properly clean yourself took its toll on a man. So on the day of his hanging, he didn't expect it to get any better even when it was announced he had visitors. You have visitors, God Hassan said. Are you whoring me out of the circus, Rick asked. <laughs> <laughs> Getting his shackles adjusted. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a good one. <laughs> you wouldn't make a penny, Gat snapped back. Now don't make me look bad. These people are British. Oh, yeah. Please don't look bad in front of the British. They've never done anything wrong. Hey, that's how I feel every time we record one of these. Is like, please don't make me look stupid in front of the British. (laughs) (laughs) With that, Gad left to go greet the British visitors Gad apparently had. You're doing fine on your own. Is that praise kink? Is that a praise? Oh. Ooh, he's praising himself. There you go. Hashtag praise kink. Hashtag self-love. You're doing fine on your own, he muttered under his own breath. For that, he got a club to the gut, and he decided he was not going to play nice. So when he was thrown out and kicked down to his knees in the outside cell, faced with two of the poshiest, boringest people he'd ever seen in his life, he knew just a sneer, along with his ratty hair and general stench, would set them off. This is the man you stole it from? The woman of the pair asked. A girl practically covered head to toe in the Egyptian heat, staring him right in his eyes. Yikes, bro. Yikes. Oof. Rick ignored the way his heart fell. Not swooped. Nothing about him swooped or swooned or any of that bullshit. After she said the words that stained his back and turned to the man who was vaguely familiar, the man whispered to his sister and Rick missed having her attention. Aw, he's already whipped. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? He asked the man in the suit, looking like a posh idiot as well. With that, he turned to the girl. And who's the broad? There you go. (laughs) He asked, pretending to be unimpressed. Broad? The broad repeated. Offended. <laughs> the broad repeated offended. <laughs> I like that. that I like that. I like that phrase too. For a moment, the two Brits shared a look, but then the man continued on. I'm just a local sort of missionary chap spreading the good word, the man blathered. But this is my sister Evie. Said sister was recoiling away from him. She's not called the broad anymore. She's just the sister. Mm-hmm. How do you do? She asked as her brother pulled her forward. It was something in the man's voice, but he was more distracted by the fact he might have met his soulmate. Well, it's not like any of that shit mattered. Yeah, well, 
Guess she's not a total loss, he said as he gave her a once-over. That's all that people don't say things like that to their soulmates. I beg your pardon? Gad, in all his grace, shouted something at other prisoners and left them be. Ugh. Stuck with these two? He honestly would rather be back in his prison cell. But then they mentioned his missing box. And after punching the brother, Jonathan, if his memory served, in the face, things were starting to get interesting. There you go. Do you really want to know? He asked the broad, who seemed to be hanging on his every word. That was also interesting. Not that he'd admit it. Yes. Do you really want to know? He repeated, just to get her close. She smelled like soap. (laughs) (laughs) She smelled like soap. Also, I would like to point out that uh, he's down in the dumps. He's in a bad place right now. And what I've learned is when life gives you lemons, you punch a Brit in the face. Yes. That's exactly what you do. And I'm glad you mentioned that. She smelled like soap, something flowery, and it was the best damn thing he smelled in ages. But that wasn't the focus now. Yes, she said. Was it just him, or was she breathless? And if he was going to be hanged, and if this broad really was his soulmate, he wasn't going to go down without a fight. Through the bars, he kissed her. (gasps) Which also, yeah, we remember from yeah, the Yeah, I mean, we, I knew that was happening. It's one of those things that you see and you're like, that was not okay. I mean, yeah, it was like the ni- it was like a 90s like thing. I was like, yeah, your main hero just punched this woman's brother and is now kissing her through the bars. And yeah, he got beaten for it and throw back in his cell until his execution. But goddamn, was it worth it. My man's down bad. Yeah, for real. And that's where we'll end it today, Q. We're going to call it quits there because it turns out when you're reading a story that has a lot of like plot characters to it that don't ultimately end with them doinking, there's a bit more. So if you enjoyed this story like we did, please check the link in our show notes to Echoes of Stars by Gay Refrain. It'll be down in the show notes. It is on Archive of Our Own or AO3.com. Please Remember to like, comment, and give kudos and share the story. We love our authors, and we really appreciate this story today. Yeah, I really like the uh, the whole writing on your arm. It actually does give really interesting subtext to what happens in the story. Yeah, it does. I mean, like most movies, right? Like the romance kind of is forced. Like it's really quick. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like this is kind of giving some reason why it's so quick. Like, oh... This is my soulmate. I know that for a fact. Yeah, it's interesting because in the movie, it's like he calls her abroad, punches her brother, and like forces it like her to kiss him. And at some point within the next like fifteen minutes, she's like, "I can see myself being in a relationship with this <laughs> yeah. guy." Yeah, absolutely. But we really enjoyed reading this. If you enjoyed listening to it, please let us know in our comments. Email us at loosely canon podcast at gmail.com or find us on twitter at loosely canon or heck even on our reddit page at loosely canon if you enjoyed it and you want us to do some more we can even do a continued reading on this at some time just please let us know until next time this has been loosely canon please make sure you like share our podcast if you have friends that enjoy a good fanfic, some good comedy, some good chatter. Uh, please send us out there. Uh, we always enjoy the feedback as well. 
Please give thanks to our authors and all of our listeners. We really appreciate it. Please share this out there. Get it out there in the world. Get our listenership up so that we can invite Brendan Fraser onto this podcast so we can continue this series. Absolutely. And if you want to write fanfic of me and, and Adam Driver, we'll read it. Also, if you guys make fanfic of Q and Adam Driver before Q and I, I am going to be pissed. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please rate and share our show on whatever platform you are listening on. A big thank you to our fanfic authors for giving us their wonderful stories to share with the world. Please give kudos and support to this week's entry through our show notes. This has been Loosely Cannon, and catch you on the flip side.